Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today on CityCast Philly, it's the Friday News Roundup. We're talking about why Pennsylvania still hasn't raised its minimum wage. Recovering from this week's storm, could we get more rainy weather? And which hospitals are bringing back mask mandates? It's Friday, January 12th. I'm Trinanery, and here's what Philly's talking about. Joining me this week is Lizzie McClellan-Ravitch, workforce reporter at the Philadelphia Inquirer. Welcome back, Lizzie. Hi, Trinae. Great to be back. Yes. And Aubrey Whalen, health reporter at the Philadelphia Inquirer. Glad to have you join us this week as well. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, before we get into the news of the week, I wanted to start off with an icebreaker. This one's fun. So yesterday on the show, I chatted with our food contributor, Dave Wes of Feeding Time TV about some of the best brunches in the city. Our listeners can check out that episode in our feeds. So this is a long four-day weekend. I know a lot of people are going to be out and about, well, crossing our fingers that the weather (laughs) holds up for us. But which brunch spot would you recommend we all should try this weekend? I haven't been to brunch in so long. I'm going to say the Dutch on East Passion Avenue. I've heard about the Dutch, but I've never been. What's like your favorite item on the menu? They make a Dutch baby, but it's got like sausage and they put powdered sugar on it too. And it's like eggy kind of. It's really good. What about for you, Lizzie? I'm going to give a a shout out to my old neighborhood, East Falls, where I I was more in a, a brunch vibe when I lived there. And there were so many good spots. And my favorite, my favorite brunch was actually at Billy Murph's, and they had a huevos rancheros that just was mm. lovely. That sounds so good. And again, here I am. I'm so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's called what's it called? Billy Murph. Yeah, Billy Murphy's Irish Saloon. There you go. There's the full name, the proper name. Great burgers too. Cool. Awesome. All right, let's get into some of the news of the week. Pennsylvania's minimum wage. It's the Top of the year, we saw our neighboring states, Jersey, I believe Delaware as well, raise their minimum wage. Lizzie, you report that 22 states did this, but somehow the Commonwealth, Pennsylvania, is going to keep our minimum wage at 725. Tell us how much are the states raising their minimum wage? So, yeah, there were 22 states that saw minimum wage go up as of New Year's Day. Um, and there's actually even a few more that are have already set things in motion to raise their minimum wage later this year. So it's really like half the country that's seeing a bump in their minimum wage this year. And, and PA is not. If you look at a map of the states around Pennsylvania, you know, it really illustrates kind of what's going on around us uh, in, in New Jersey. You know, just across the river, it's now over $15 an hour. They had set up kind of a, a system where it 
increases by a certain amount each year Mm -hmm. uh, in legislation a few years ago. Uh, New York is now at $16 an hour, Maryland at $15. Delaware's minimum wage is now thirteen twenty five, and you know even even to the west, that's quite a drive from uh, Philadelphia, but cl- close to the border of Pennsylvania. You've got Ohio and West Virginia that have higher minimum wages as well. So, in Pennsylvania, it's been a topic of conversation for quite a while. Uh, it's something that Governor Josh Shapiro said he really wanted to see happen uh, when he was inaugurated last year was to have a higher minimum wage in the state. And even his predecessor, Tom Wolf, had said that we should raise the minimum wage in Pennsylvania. So it's been a topic of conversation and a lot of employers out there are actually paying more than minimum wage and 70% of employers, according to some data, are paying at least $15 an hour. So it's not as though employers are just, you know, sticking to that 725 number, but the legislation, or rather, the state law in Pennsylvania is definitely behind what other states have in place. Lizzie, I'm curious, like, how hard is it to live in Philly, especially as a low wage worker or a minimum wage worker? Like, you did say that a lot of employers are paying more than that 725, but just like, if they're not, I mean, how challenging is that? Yeah, and and there's a big gap between seven twenty five and fifteen dollars an hour, right? Yeah. So there's a a lot of people that probably fall into that category as well, making somewhere in between those two amounts. So, you know, it's in Philadelphia. There was a, a report last year that said Philadelphia has the fourth lowest real minimum wage of of U.S. cities. And what that means is they took what the minimum wage is by law here, and they compared it to the cost of living in each of these cities, and Philadelphia's was the fourth lowest. Um, You know, the the minimum wage in Philly is clearly not in line with what the, the cost of living here when you compare it to other cities in the U.S. And there's a lot of data sets that can tell us more about that, uh, a lot of people have done deep research on this mm-hmm. and very detailed analyses of different places in the U.S. And there's actually a methodology called the self-sufficiency calculator that was developed by uh, someone named Diana Pierce. And you can put in a specific county and a specific type of family arrangement, for instance, a single adult or two adults with one child or two adults with to young children, and it will tell you what it typically takes in that county to be able to sustain that family. Um, So one example is in Philly, a single adult with one infant, according to this calculator, would need about $24 per hour, 40 hours a week in order to sustain their family. Wow. Well, we'll have a link to that. You can check out more about this particular story and more of Lizzie's reporting by checking out the link in our show notes. We're going to take a quick break. More from the Friday News Roundup when we come back. This is CityCast Philly. Okay, another big story this week in our area. We were really hit hard with a lot of heavy rainfall on Tuesday, causing a mess during rush hour Wednesday morning. I drove around East Falls and I actually got to see the Schuylkill River spill out onto Kelly Drive. It was just such a mess. Did you all see any areas that were hit hard this week? 
We actually got really lucky on my block in South Philly. We got a little bit of water in our basement, but nothing beyond that. We've been comparatively with all the rain we've gotten in the last year or so. We've made out pretty well. Yes, I've, I did hear from some friends that basements got flooded, um, which the cleanup was a lot. What about for you, Lizzie? Yeah, I mean, uh, up in uh, northwest Philly, uh, not not far from where you were taking a look at East Falls, Trinae, it seemed like there were a lot of trees down yeah. um, in the area. And I know some of the measurements showed that this area in northwest Philly and slightly outside the city got just inches of rain. I, it's, it's, it was wild to hear it coming down on the windows yeah. um, that night. And it was mixed with winds that were mm-hmm. just um, causing a lot of damage, um, power outages and things like that, some school delays, um, not in the school district of Philadelphia, but in our in our area for sure. And I, I read it in the Inquirer, we're expected to have another storm and that's going to come between Friday going into Saturday. So definitely want to keep an eye on that in, later in the week. I want to talk about this next story because more hospitals in our area are bringing back their mask mandates. Having hospital staff, patients and visitors at some places wear masks when they come into their buildings. Aubrey, can you tell us which hospitals decided to bring back the mandates? Uh, yes. So this is uh, kind of changing by the day. So I would recommend whatever health system that you get your um, health coverage from, uh, check on their website uh, before you go, because there's a chance they might have updated it since. So last week, Mainline Health, which is out in the western suburbs of Philly, instituted the masking requirement. So did Cooper. And again, these masking requirements vary between the hospitals. Um, some of them are doing like total blanket, like everybody has to wear a mask all the time in every facility. Some of them are limited to certain high risk areas, that sort of thing. So the other places that are doing it are Jefferson, Penn and Temple. CHOP and St. Christopher's are also doing masks. And that is because partially because of COVID and partially because there's a measles outbreak in Philly. So yeah, COVID cases are rising, flu cases are rising, and it's just health systems are deciding that it's it's kind of time to to bring back a masking requirement in whatever capacity they think is appropriate for their patients. For sure. And I want to talk more about the measles in just a bit. But do we know how long these mask mandates will be in place? Yes. Um, well, for some of them we do. For example, at Jefferson, staff in patient care locations are required to wear masks through at least January 29th. Um, when Mainline initially announced their masking requirements, they said they were going to do it for at least two weeks. Um, but obviously, all of this could change, you know, based on COVID numbers and flu numbers. Um, right, because cases have been surging, right? Yes. Pennsylvania saw 1,738 new hospitalizations for COVID in the week of December 30th. That's the last uh, data from the CDC that's available. Um, That's about a 40% increase from the week before that. That was slightly higher than COVID hospitalizations at the same time last year. But again, this is much lower than um, the hospitalizations that were reported in January 2022 when we were in the middle of the Omicron spike. In Jersey, 1,000. 318 people were admitted to the hospital the week of December 30th. That's also about a 40% increase over the previous week. And both states have had a big increase in in flu cases. And just like respiratory symptoms and viruses in general have physicians concerned in the area. Um, Mainline, one of the reasons that they instituted the, the masking requirement was because 
they saw that like 10% of the patients admitted to their hospitals had respiratory illnesses. Mm. Um, and typically that number's in the single digits for them. So that was kind of a sign to say like, we need to start protecting our patients in ways beyond just, you know, their standard approach. For sure. Aubrey, if hospitals are doing this, should we be wearing masks on SEPTA at work or at school? The city has not instituted a mask mandate. And uh, I guess we'll we'll hear if SEPTA or, or um, school systems do that. But certainly we know that masks are really good at protecting people from catching respiratory illnesses and should be, you know, if you're feeling sick and you need to go outside, you should definitely wear a mask. If you can, you should stay home. And if you want some added additional protection while you're out and about, definitely consider wearing it. There are respiratory viruses really, really circulating in the community right now. I mean, I'm sure just just from my own friend group, people get COVID, people get flu. It's definitely out there. So uh, wearing a mask is definitely not a bad idea at this time. Aubrey, you mentioned earlier about the measles cases. Can you tell us more about what we're seeing in our area? So my colleague, Av Gutman, has been extensively covering this measles outbreak, and you can read more of his reporting in the Inquirer. Um, But yeah, so the outbreak was first identified at CHOP. There was a a child there who had been in a country where um, measles is more common, and then the outbreak spread from there. There have been no infections outside of CHOP and a daycare center in Northeast Philadelphia, where several children were also sickened. And yeah, uh, it's measles is, you know, extremely infectious. It just kind of underscores the the necessity of getting vaccinated for for measles, mumps, and rubella. Because yeah, several of the people involved in this outbreak were unvaccinated, and you know, there's young children, very young children, infants are too young to get vaccinated. So that's part of the concern of this for for these for these kids. There's the, the way to protect them is to get everybody else vaccinated, so there's an immunity buildup that they can that kind of protect them um, until they're old enough to get vaccinated. All right. You can check out more about these particular health stories in Aubrey's reporting and in the Philadelphia Inquirer by checking the links in our show notes. That was Aubrey Whalen, health reporter at the Philadelphia Inquirer, and Lizzie McClellan-Ravage, workforce reporter at the Philadelphia Inquirer. Thank you both so much for joining me on CityCast Philly. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It's time for the tip of the week, where we share a life hack for living in Philly. This year marks the 60th anniversary of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. And on Monday, January 15th, it's Martin Luther King Jr. Day. There's a lot of places in Philly where you can volunteer some of your time that day to honor the late civil rights activists. For a list of some places you can volunteer, go to volunteer.globalcitizen365.org. We'll have a link in our show notes. If you have a tip of the week, we'd love to hear from you, too. Call or text us at 215-259-8170. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. Our executive producer is Laura Benchoff. Our producers are Abby Fritz, Dylan Brogan, and Elizabeth Kama. Our Hey Philly newsletter editor is Asha Prahar. And our host is me, Cherney Nuri. Music is by Philly's own Interminable, with additional music from All the Kimonos and James Weldon. If you enjoyed our Friday News Roundup, our conversation about best brunches in the city, or what about the one about Philly TikTok accounts we should all follow? Tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Philly. 
We'll be back Tuesday morning because we'll be observing the Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So have a great weekend and be safe, y'all. Bye. Oh, it looks like Aubrey's cat has something to say, too.